Gregory Emanuel. I'm so excited. It's Sister Kiara Shira Kelly. I'm super excited to serve you, and I'm just thankful to our leaders uh, for this opportunity, Bishop J. Drew Sheard and Dr. Karen Clark Sheard. They're on ministry assignment, but they will be back in the building Sunday, and I'm super grateful to, again, have this moment and this opportunity, but to also have leaders who are committed to doing it God's way. I'm getting ready to jump into this word. Wednesday was a lot of fun. I hope you know when I raise my voice, I, ain't, I don't want no smoke. I'm just trying to kick it to you strong because I'm passionate about, passionate about the gospel, and so I hope that you've been blessed by by that word. Um, I want to continue what we were talking about, and that is simply understanding that deliverance comes through um, togetherness, unity, community, coming to church. And the word of God says it. Let's jump right into it. Father, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I thank you for trusting me with this moment. And God, help me to not get sick of hearing myself today. <laughs> but I thank you, Lord, that you are allowing me to defeat the accuser of the brethren, Father God, or any levels of discomfort, God. But you're giving me the confidence to deliver this word in this moment. Hallelujah. It came up on me already. I give you the glory in Jesus' name. Lord, allow it to be edifying and allow it to be some answers to those that are listening, my sisters and my brother's father, and just allow us to really have this word to rest on our hearts, but to allow it to just go on good ground. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Let's jump right into it. So last, um, I keep saying last week, but I mean Wednesday. But Wednesday, I was passionate. I was talking about togetherness, coming to church, the importance of coming to church. And I was sharing with my family here. Um, I came across a video, and uh, a gentleman was saying, you know, y'all pick apart the church. Y'all pick apart the church. Y'all say the church doing this, doing that, blah, blah, blah. You go to the strip club. You spend your money there. You ain't getting what you want, blah, blah, blah. He went on. It was just a lot of fun to listen, and it was a great perspective. Um, so speaking of uh, perspectives, one of the things that I've realized is when you go to church, they're like, it's like a mirror. You know how you, sometimes you go to a mirror, you see things that you don't see with just the mirror not being there. Or you know how you look in the mirror, then you'll put your phone up and you'll see yourself there. And it may be something else that you didn't see in the mirror, but those perspectives are good for me because it'll correct me before I go moving out to everywhere else I got to go or deal with the public or whatever it is. And so the word of God has really just been uh, convicting me and helping me to see the benefit and the beauty and the way of deliverance that comes from community and connectivity. So I may use those words a lot but that's really what the gist of this message is that's if I were to summarize it it has to do with being connected the body of Christ and its benefits and why the Lord um is a strong advocate of making sure that we are defeating isolation. The enemy will use uh, isolation as a way to keep us from getting to where we are winning, and he'll have us to feel like we're guilty for being isolated. So he'll push you in the corner, make you think that that corner is your fault, and say that you just got to stay there and ain't nobody going to help you get out. But here the Lord is talking about unity, and he wants you to talk to somebody. He wants you to have somebody around you that can be a mirror. One of the greatest things that I've been and learning in marriage is that marriage it's 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 ordained by the father but also the beauty in marriage is that you're gonna have somebody for a lifetime to tell you about yourself you're gonna you're gonna have to learn ways of how you talk and communicate so you may know this but it's not just in marriage it's in sisterhood it's in brotherhood it's in parental connections it's in um whatever else it, it could be in your colleagues uh, if you're an employer or employee whatever it is the lord uses relationships as a way too to be a voice um, sometimes or a mouthpiece to get an answer to us. So we bless God for people. 
And so um, I have some scriptures here, but one of the other things that I've noticed is that we have to get to church. So I'm using all of those references and all of the perspectives and looking in the mirror and all of that stuff because the Lord is really uh, pushing us to stay connected. And I said la on, on Wednesday, uh, it may be some things that you're like, I wish we could do this in the ministry. I said it too. I think I said it Wednesday. Where there's a burden, there is ministry. If God is putting it on your heart, if it's a way of annoying or annoyance or a fluster, frustration, maybe God is giving it to you and pressing it upon you or allowing it to be pressed on you so that you can come to church and say, hey, I want to try this. There are so many auxiliaries in the ministry. You got the ushers board, the marriage ministry, the singles ministry. Uh, you got the prison ministry, outreach. You got spiritual direction. You got the deacons board. You got all all of the youth ministry, we've been on fire. How do I make sure that I am providing a solution for someone that may be wandering? When you think about a roaming signal, right, you can get flustered because I'm on the phone and now all of a sudden I'm disconnected when I'm trying to say something important. There are so many of us that are roaming. And then while I'm roaming and I'm not connected, here the enemy is, the Bible says he's roaming too, seeking who he can devour. Okay, that's what the word says. Hallelujah. Maybe I needed to start over for a reason but the word says that the enemy is seeking and looking for who he can devour so if I got a roaming believer a roaming soul while the enemy is roaming too that sounds like I'm on the same page with the with the enemy and so the word of God is saying that I got to get connected because the enemy is looking for people like those that are roaming to make sure that there is nothing left of you he wants to rip you to shreds and but here's the thing we get disconnected from church and we think everything is just fairy tales and pixie dust. Everything is glorious and beautiful and all of that. Just because you've got God's favor on your life, that don't mean you ain't going to have a little hard time. Sometimes the hard time will produce purpose. Sometimes the lack will produce purpose. And that's one thing that I've learned. But sometimes I got to have that mirror, which could be my sister or my brother from my home church that would say, hey, the Lord is dealing with me and I, I feel like he's giving me to tell you this. And that is that this issue, this challenge is a sign to you to bring something good out of you for the place that you've been praying for. Those conversations, I leave it. You ever have a conversation with a family or a friend from church or just a family and friend, maybe it's biological, just a believer. And then all of a sudden you say, that was confirmation. I didn't even tell you about that, but you just helped. Or how many times have we come to church? How many times have we tuned into a Bible study, midweek motivation and Friday night service? All of a sudden Bishop is talking about what I was going through just yesterday. I didn't call you Bishop. Where did that come from? Um, so that is why we have to stay connected. So let's give you some scripture to back that up. Here you got uh, Hebrews uh, 20, uh, 10, Hebrews 10 and 23. Let's go straight there. Hebrews 10 and 23. It says, let us hold firmly to the hope that we confess. This is the gospel. These are the scriptures. This is what we talk about. This is what we teach. And then it goes on to say, because we can trust God and do what he promised. We can trust God and he'll do what he promised because we can trust God to do what he promised. That's what the scripture says. Let me read that again because I said that in error. It says Hebrews 10 and 23. That's the scripture. Y'all with me? Y'all tell me you with me. Tell me I got you, Key. I got you. I got you. I got you. You with me? Hebrews 10 and 23. Let us hold firmly to the hope that we have confessed the faith, the gospel, because we can trust God to do what he promised. Then in the 24th verse, it says, let us think about each other. So first in that, in that 21st, 23rd verse, it talks about God's promise and what he'll do for us and then us trusting him. But right after that, he 
gives us the people factor. So he gives us the, what is this, vertical, and then he gives us horizontal. So that's the cross right there, vertical and horizontal. That is a part of the equation. So he says, yeah, got to do with me and you, yep, I got that. But then I also need you to know in the 24th verse that it says, let us think about each other and help each other to show love and good deeds. I need your help. I need, I, I'm reading from the New Century Version, but here in this translation, it says, help each other. Help! I need your help. I can't do it by myself. Sometimes, yes, I know I've spoken in tongues before. I prophesied before. I've discerned well before. But sometimes there are some weeks and some days where I don't, I, I'm trying to figure out where's my Holy Ghost. I, and I'm having fun, but there are some moments where I will act out of character and I'm like, wait a second, I thought I was delivered from that. So I need somebody to help me. I need you to hold me accountable. Just the other day, my daddy said to me, I sounded really country when I said it, but my daddy said to me, he said, Kiara, if, if somebody told me you did X, Y, Z, I wouldn't have believed that you did. You got to pull yourself together. Mama told me the same thing. I need some people to tell me, baby, you going to have to go ahead and put something to fix that breath situation. The Bible says that a fool despises correction. And so here we got a lot of roaming citizens, a lot of spiritual orphans, a lot of people who are called to the ministry, called to community and unity. But because I am operating on a different level and because I'm disconnected, I don't have the answers that I need. And so I'm going to keep it moving. So let's go back to the scripture, 21st verse. Let us think about each other. Let us help each other show love and do good deeds. I need help to do good deeds. 25th verse, it says, you should not stay away from the church meetings. There it is. Now, this convicted me because I know a lot of us are like, baby, Sunday sometimes without church is all right. No, the Bible says on the 25th, the Bible says it. God is saying, I gave you that day for you to give it to me, the Sabbath day. The 25th verse, he says, you should not stay away from the church meetings. This sounds like you, you need to get, your, get yourself up. Get up. I need to type in the comment section. Say, get up. Get up and get to church on Sunday. Get to church and get around some people who love the Lord. You'll find that you have a good time. We had fun the other day in the parking lot. We were here longer than we were supposed to be, and the Lord protected us from the foolishness that was happening around us. It was happening around us, but it wasn't happening to us. God will cover you, but we do have sympathy for those that did experience dev uh, devastation. But here in the 25th verse, you should not stay away from the church meetings as some are doing, but you should meet together and encourage each other. That's what the word says. Do this even more as you are seeing the day come. That's what the scripture says. So I hope that it's blessing you. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Here, we need the community because the enemy wants to use isolation as a way to keep you from deliverance. Community, outreach, connectivity, uh, belonging, um, uh, relationships, covenants, all of those things have to do with you and somebody, not just you. But the enemy wants us to feel like there's only isolation that is needed and necessary. So here, the scriptures are letting me know that I need to be connected. There are so many um, disorders, and I'm a strong advocate of mental health. I, I, I want to go to school for it. I started my master's for it. I want to get my doctor's and eventually develop a practice um, that has some faith-based stirring 
support there as well. But one thing that I want to encourage you is to understand that the therapist is not just for the world. The counselor is not just for the world. These licensed professionals, the Bible talks about us having physicians. These are God-ordained um, people and people from the body as well. There are some believing counselors and therapists. Pray about who you go sit on what couch and who you talking to about what. Because I got to make sure I got to talk to the right person. My, here's my scripture. I'm about to give it to you. I give it to you all the time. Confess your faults one to another that you may receive healing. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. Is my counselor, you, you can find some faith-based counselors. You could type in Christian counselors. And I think that that is our way to support uh, the body of Christ because they too are a part of the body. So here we are, uh, wrestle not against, but I was talking about disorders, mental disorders. I've been hearing a lot of people around me saying things about uh, anxiety or depression. And, and it's, it's, it's easy for us to become anxious. And I think that the, the more we connect with people and say, hey, I've been there, you're not alone. I know what it feels like. Though you may have a diagnosis, I, I, wanna, be able, I wanna help you walk through this. I still want you to go see your licensed professional, but I wanna help you walk through this. So I have in my notes, where science can't go, my faith will go. I hope that you would write that down. So do what you need to do. So mixing science with not making Christian science or whatever they believe, but mixing science with the Christian faith to strategically deal with it, to experience deliverance. That's what God is called. Because if you look at some of these disorders and you look at fear, we as believers, we believe that fear is a spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Then he says, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So here, uh, sometimes when we think about the diagnosis, I'm not saying that what the licensed professional is telling you is incorrect. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying, though, that when we get a diagnosis, it is a part of our identity. Uh, when you look at the definition of diagnosis, it has to do with identification. But sometimes the enemy will try and flip that when the diagnosis is only there to tell you these are some things that we need to address. These are some things that we need to deal with. The believer is going to therapy as a tool and as a strategy to get to deliverance, whereas there are some that are non-believers that are just going to suppress it. I'm just, I'm just trying to maintain it. I'm just going for maintenance. The root word of main, maintenance is maintain. But God is saying, I want you to be free from it. And so God is giving us, giving us physicians that can speak directly to the habits that you may be seeing in your behavioral patterns so that you can become new, transformed in your thinking. That's what the word says in Hebrews, right? So keep it going. But there is therapy and there is counseling that is necessary for, but there it is, another equation of two and three. There, two and three gather. I will be there in the midst of you. So here, not to neglect the time that is needed for community. Community, you need somebody to support you along the journey but the enemy wants you to feel guilty from the diagnosis or he wants that you know the enemy works by identity theft he wants to steal your your identity make you feel like that's all there is to you so now this is all that I see when God is saying I want you to see this but this is what I need you to see so you can get to this if you allow I'm using all these hands but hopefully you understand what I'm saying when I break it down we have to come out of, 
out of isolation so that we can see deliverance. Speaking of that, now, when you think of identity theft, the enemy wants to make you feel guilty, make you feel wrong, have you to feel like you're now overwhelmed with all of these identities that I've not, that have now been assigned to me so that you can't walk free. He wants you to be free. He wants, there is so much potential in you that the enemy, I just said it, roaming, he's seeking who he can devour. Listen, the whole reason Satan was kicked out of heaven, Lucifer was kicked out of heaven because he thought that I could do that, I could do what God doing. So God had to say, no, I'm going to kick you out of this thing. I'm going to show you that this is my thing. This is my situation. All of this is me. So the enemy is now jealous of the believer, jealous of the one who still has a chance to seek the Lord and have communication with him. So you think he's going to let you keep that? He's doing everything he can to distract you and to have you believe that I can't. I can't do it. He wants you to think that you don't have dominion. He wants you to think that you are just uh, just completely inadequate. He wants you to feel like you are dysfunctional. He wants you to think that because you come from dysfunction, that's who you are. But God is saying, no, I have something new for you. I have called you into the earth. Yes, I had your mama and your daddy bring you here, but that was my way of getting you here. And I use that so that you can connect with somebody else. There it is, community, togetherness, unity, answer solution. You didn't just come here just for yourself. You came here for somebody else to bring God's glory, to bring God glory. So here I got things to back that up because sometimes we underestimate the enemy. And God is saying, as long as you get these wor- this word, as long as you stay around believers who remind you of this spiritual warfare, because the enemy wants to attack you. He wants to attack you. If he can't get you, he's going to get somebody close to you. If he can't get that close to you then he, and he know that you carry your feelings on your shoulder, then he's going to get somebody to say something off the wall to you to distract you. You use your mind time and your bandwidth on that five minutes and make it two of your 24 hours. And the Lord is saying, be free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Let that go. Find consistency in me. And then we go back to what we talked about, hallelujah, when we talked about it Wednesday. And something should press upon us because then I need to deal with it. I need to go and have this conversation. Now, sister so-and-so, you said X, Y, Z. Did you mean this? I I just want to understand because here, remember we talked about Tuesday in Job where he said the spirit, it was the spirit of the man, not the age of the man, but the spirit of the man where the Lord was allowing him to be intelligent. He gave him the gift of intelligence. God is calling us to be in a place where we can understand, not leaning on our own understanding, but leaning on his understanding, getting the, the part of the equation that everybody can't pick up. God is giving you these things so that you can pick it up. He's given us these things so we can pick up the things that may be misunderstood or misinterpreted. You know how sometimes we need a a mediator because some of us can be so hot. There it is, community and togetherness. You don't understand what I'm saying. And sometimes when the mediator comes in, now I'm growing in my understanding so I can know how to better articulate myself when it comes to communication. Maybe because I've stayed isolated. My husband's going to tease me. But maybe because I've stayed on the game for all all this time, I'm <laughs> that was the Holy Ghost that just made, that just made me choke. <laughs> but here, you just spent all, all that time on that game. You used to yelling at the screen to when you come out in, in real life, you screaming. But I have to remember that it has to do with community. And so here, I'll pick up myself too. 
My husband say, baby, I ain't no transaction. You so used to doing work all the time. I'm your husband. And in work, if I'm isolating myself and I'm always, and, and I think that I make this my way of life, I am conditioning myself to now deal with all parts of my life from that place. But God is saying, I called you to be intelligent. There's the scripture again. I gave you the spirit, the spirit that would make you wise and intelligent. So here, this is why the Lord does not want us to be isolated because we begin to condition ourselves and um, deal from that particular place. When he said, I want you to be multifaceted. I want you to be able to sit at every table. I want you to be able to sit at the table with street smart so you can communicate with their language. I want you to sit at the table with the philosophers. I want you to sit at the table with the multi-billionaire, not millionaire, but the billionaire so you can ask for what you want, but with the language that they use. That is what God is saying. I will bestow unto you. I will give you that. So I'm going to give you the scriptures though. The enemy doesn't want you to sit at the table, so that's why he keep keeping you in that corner, keeping you in your living room, thinking that just online church is enough. Yes, it's a part of the equation. And yes, sometimes you got to isolate. Jesus did that. We learned that, right? The, the disciples went looking for him, and he said, I'm out here seeking and, and, and trying to figure out what's next. What do you want me to do, Father? So yes, a part of that is necessary, but the enemy will have you to have us to abuse those moments of isolation. So I hope that this is blessing you, but accusing us of making us feel like we are less than. Megan, I talk about this often because we have to have people around you. Look, mama ain't going to let nobody mess with me. You, you, may, uh, you know how like, they used to tell us, you can fall out with your sibling, but when you go out in the street, you know, make sure y'all good and, and, and everything is all right. You need people around that will shine a light and remind you the importance, remind you of the importance of togetherness. All right, now I'm just going to give you a whole bunch of scripture. I'm, I said everything, now I'm going to give you scripture. But the enemy's job is to accuse you and to make you feel like can't nobody understand. It's you all by yourself. Don't nobody, I just got to be quiet because I don't want to offend nobody. No, start talking so that we can, start talking so that we can um, practice new ways of communication. You hear what I'm saying? Start talking and so, because it's just like a basketball player. The only reason, uh, part of the reason LeBron, LeBron was already given the gift, right? But part of the reason he is one of the greatest is because he practiced. He gave it time. It's the same with communication. So though he has mastered basketball, I'm a fan of LeBron, so allow me. But um, though he's mastered basketball, he too had to master some other parts in his life, as we all do. So though we may have gifts, there are some other things that we have to master. And what does it take? A practice. Every master was once a student, and, and it's okay. It's okay to have a process. So let's get the scripture. Revelation 12 and 10. I'm picking with, my, with a close person to me, and um, she's going to probably get me inside eye me later. Um, but, uh, you know, you study. There you go. Together in unity. You should have people around you that's so desperate to get you answers to when they start studying the scriptures for you. Okay? Uh, I don't think you heard what I said. You need some people that love you enough to study the scriptures to where now, you know what? I'm not consecrating for myself this week. I'm consecrating this week for Tanisha. I'm consecrating this week for uh, Lala. I'm consecrating this week for whomever it is. God is calling us to be together. Hallelujah. And he doesn't want you to be alone because you're reasoning with yourself. Let me give you that scripture too. Let me backtrack. Now I'm going to just give y'all scriptures and keep it moving. But it's Isaiah. It, it, the Lord convicted me. He said, Kiara, you've been reasoning with yourself. 
And I told y'all to come let us reason together. Isaiah 1 and 18. It says, the Lord says, come let us talk about these things. Through your, though your sins are like scarlet, they can be as white as snow. Though your sins are deep and red, they can be white like wool. If you become willing and obey me, you will eat good crops from the land. But if you refuse to obey and if you turn against me, you will be destroyed by your enemy's swords. I just, we just talked about it. We just talked about it. Okay, so y'all know I ain't just, you know, blowing smoke. The Lord himself said these things. <laughs> you know how a little, a little sibling said, mama said it. I, at first I came here and I told you, but daddy said it. It ain't me. Okay, so let's keep it moving. That was Isaiah 1 and 18. I love that we can have a good time with the word of God. All right, I was going to Revelations 12 and 10. It says, then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ have now come. The accuser of the brothers and the sisters who accused them day and night. I'm going to let that sink in. Enjoy that silence and let that, let that think. Think about what I just said. The scripture says the accuser of the brethren, the brothers and sisters, he accused them day and night. He ain't going to let up. Excuse my English, but allow me to kick it to you real. He ain't going to let up. He is there to accuse you. You got to know the enemy and his ways. Not you don't got to know him, but you got to know his ways so that you can defeat him. God is saying, I've called you to win this fight. I've called you to win this fight. So let's keep it moving. I'm going to give you another scripture, and then I'm getting ready to tap out. Colossians 3 and 13, going back to togetherness. Togetherness and not being isolated. Go to church. Get what you need. Build the different auxiliaries and ministries. Add to it. Do what you can. Because when Jesus comes back, he's going to say, what, what did you do? Can he say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or is everything just about you? And then it says here, bear with each other and forgive each other. If someone does wrong to you, forgive that person because the Lord forgave you. Even more than all this, clothe yourselves with love. Love is what holds you all together in perfect unity. That's what the scripture said. That ain't me. All right, let me give you another scripture. Proverbs 17 and 9. It says, whoever forgives someone's sin makes a friend, but gossiping about the sin breaks up friendships. Hallelujah. Help us, Jesus. Let me read that again. Because some of us, now this is the thing, some of us don't want to go to church because we didn't heard conversations. We didn't heard what I told somebody about, you know, my personal life, not and got to somebody across on the other side. But we got to keep it moving. We got to keep it moving. So it says, because the Bible is telling you to forgive, forgive and move on. Forgive and move on. So here it says, Proverbs 17 and 9, whoever forgives someone's sin makes a friend, but gossiping about the sin breaks up friendship. A wise person will learn more from a warning than a fool will learn from a hundred lashings. Praise the Lord. All right, let's go to some other scriptures. Let's go to some other scriptures. Um, hallelujah. I hope this is blessing you. I already gave you James 5 and 16. That's the one that I always use. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so God can heal you. When a believing person prays, great things happen. All right, that's one scripture. Let's go to Philippians. I'm giving scripture so y'all can't say I ain't getting no scripture for Bible study. Philippians 2 and 7. But he gave up his place with God and made himself nothing. He was born as a man. And Is that the right scripture I want to read? Um, and when he was living as a man... 
Ah, yes, this is a, another point. Okay, got you. Um, so let's go back and read it, starting at the seventh verse. But he gave up his place with God and made himself nothing. He was born as a man and became like a servant. And when he was living as a man, he humbled himself and was fully obedient to God, even when that caused his death, death on the cross. Um, and that's the eighth verse. So here I have in my notes that Jesus, but I have in my notes, but laid aside his mighty power. This is another translation. Laid aside his mighty power and glory, taking the disguise of a slave and becoming like men. Here it is. Like-mindedness, togetherness. All the, the whole part of crucifixion had to do with togetherness. It had to do with him becoming like me. And here I am saying, I just want to be, I, uh, be by, by, be by myself? No, here, Jesus is saying, I put away all my power, all my glory, and I took on a disguise of a slave to be like you. That was my love for you. And so here, again, the Lord convicted me about the importance of togetherness. And so I hope, again, that you were blessed by this word. Let me see what Philippians 2 and 2 says. Um, we're going to read to the eighth verse. It says, if so, make me very happy by having the same thoughts, togetherness, unity. There it is again. Sharing the same love, having one mind and purpose. When you do things, do not let selfishness, isolation, or pride, isolation, be your guide. Instead, be humble and give more honor to others than yourselves. Do not be interested only in your own life, isolation, but be interested in the lives of others. Hallelujah. God is so good. And I hope, again, you were blessed by this word. Um, Ephesians 2 and 12. Did I give y'all that already? Remember that in the past. Yes, I gave y'all that Wednesday. So I hope you were play, uh, blessed. The other note that I wanted to give you, my time. Okay. My, my thank you, family. The other thing that I wanted to give you is... The beauty and togetherness, it defeats loneliness. Um, and then your connectivity has to do with your witness. Um, and I gave scripture Tuesday about that, your love for one another. Um, it, it proves to the world that you are my followers. You, So me loving the next person and me having connectivity, unity, togetherness, it has to do with how I basically have a, it's my billboard of whether or not I am a true disciple of the Lord. Um, and so I'm gonna keep it moving. But here's the other thing. And I know, trust me, I know, there are some that we are assigned to and they hard to deal with. You know, I understand, I, baby, I can't deal with that. So we just say, I just, I'm going to go on over here. I'm going to pray for this person. But, you know, that's another conversation. We'll stop there. But here I had in my notes, and it changed my life, and our bishop talked from John 11, uh, 38. And let's go. It's, talk, it's, it's the story of when Jesus raises Lazarus. And I'm going to close on this. Again, in the 38th verse, it says, Again, feeling very upset, Jesus came to the tomb. It was a cave with a large stone covering the entrance. All right? Jesus said, move the stone away. Martha, it was Martha. And I said, two, I think I said Wednesday, Mary. But Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, But Lord, it has been four days since he died. There will be a bad smell. And then in the 40th verse, it says, Then Jesus said to her, Didn't I tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? And then in the 41st verse, it says, So they moved the stone away from the entrance. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you, um, that you heard me. I know that you always hear me. And then he goes on and talks to the Father. But here, some things that I noticed 
And um, I had it in my Bible study notes, which is why we have to go to church because here Bishop was teaching. And I wrote down exactly what he said. He said, if Jesus had left the stone between he and Lazarus, or had he been intimidated by his grave clothes or his stench, Lazarus would have never been free from death or alive again. Community. It's three of them. It's three of them. But because now if we had left it at Martha and Martha judged uh, her brother and said, and, and we know she didn't mean no harm, but she was considering what culture considered. She was considering what everybody else would consider, the stuff that don't matter. In this moment, you got a friend named Jesus who's trying to come in and see about you. And he ain't thinking about how you smell. You know how sometimes you'll smell yourself. I hope I, my breath, you, you give a little disclaimer. But here Jesus is saying, I want you to be fully transparent. I want you to be fully vulnerable. I want to smell it all. I want to know what's there. Let me help you. And here Jesus is saying, let me come in so that I can make this right for you. But we got some friends like Martha who love us, but they're concerned about the wrong thing in the wrong time. And so I hope that we are delivered from the stench. Just because you change clothes, that don't mean you got to judge the next person's clothes. It took a process, right? And so I think to one of the most pivotal, uh, pivotal and um, important statements that our bishop gives us is that sanctification is a process. It is a process and we have to practice it just as I have to practice better communication or how I say things or how I articulate things or how I interpret things or maybe my disposition or my attitude. Be patient with me. Don't, don't just completely push me away. And so here Jesus is saying, I don't want you to just keep me away from him. Move that stone and let me go in there. And so I want to ask you, brother or sister is that us in this season is that us as the parts of the body of Christ where we're removing the stones and not letting the stench of our neighbor our sister our brother um keep us from a miracle, keep us from seeing God's glory. Today, God wants to elevate us. He wants us to mature. Yes, you can find a check in the mail. You know about God's favor. You know about his unmerited favor. Um, you know about his grace and all those good things. That is still a part of the equation. But the Bible says, I'm going, I want to take you from faith to faith and glory to glory. And today he's saying, remove the stone so that you are not isolated and sitting in there stinking up the place. I want you to see Jesus. And so I hope you are blessed by this word. Hallelujah. Um, again, that was John eleven thirty eight. Let's remove the stone and let's change clothes and go. That was so out of order. But I hope that you enjoyed this word. God bless you. Hang in there. Listen, I'm getting out of here. And um, again, Bishop will be here this Sunday. So make sure you get... Make sure you get to church. Get to church. We want to see you here. We want to see you here. And of course, if you, I know we have a lot of virtual members, a lot of e-members that are in different states, even in different countries. Those of you who are watching and staying connected, I applaud you as your sister or your brother, or not your brother, but your sister. I applaud my sister or my brother for your commitment and your faithfulness to the ministry. And I can't wait till you are able to have um, a visitation to Michigan so that you can come and see what we're experiencing in the room it's so special it's so special um but i hope to see you sunday as our bishop would be here let's sow a seed sow a seed into fertile ground and i hope you've noted those scriptures and again i hope this word was edifying to you as it has convicted me but let's get a seed I, look i'm looking for my purse to get a seed um but get a seed use your phones we have cash app we have paypal we have 
all of the ways of giving. Givelify, you can mail your seed to the church. And literally, I'm a living witness. I have been a cheerful giver. I've been a faithful tither. Actually, I've had some moments when I've fallen off and the Lord showed me, okay, you play with my money, I'm going to play with your money. Felt a whole hole in my pocket. I ain't never stopped tithing again. So I hope that you are a faithful tither, tither and a cheerful giver. And I, I've, I'm seeing a difference. I'm seeing a difference in financial stability. And not only that, God is not just, you know, limited to one thing. But when you sow a seed, you'll see him come back to you in so many other ways in life. And so I hope that you would sow a seed. Let's pray over these seeds. If you're sowing a seed, type in the comment section and say, Key, I'm sowing, I'm sowing, I'm getting my seed. I sent my seed. It's on the way. And make sure you're telling the truth. Don't just tell me it's on the way. Say it's really there and it's going there in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Father, that you've allowed us to give. We thank you for the more than enough that we're able to sell, Father. And God, I ask, Lord, that you would allow this word to really bring us together and not just bring us together for a moment because, you know, sometimes we'll start something and we won't finish it. But, Father, be the finisher of our faith and please complete your work in us, Father God, and just prick our hearts to attend church, to not forsake the assembly of ourselves, to make sure we're going to the church meetings, to make sure we're staying connected and being edified by your word. God, bless our leader, Father. Touch our leaders right now. Touch them from the crown of our... From, from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet, Father. And God, we're asking that you protect them. God, keep the planes up in the airwaves and let it land when it's supposed to land, God. Allow it to be a safe landing. And God, we thank you. We give you the glory. Lord, bless these seeds that we're sowing, Father. We thank you that you'll allow us to see it back to us coming back big, big, big. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you all. I hope you were blessed by the word. Y'all hang in there and I'll see you Sunday. Love you.